Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to increase your profit by finding and fixing your money leaks. We're going to show you what money leaks are, how to find and fix them, and the reason is so that you can keep more of the money you make. We're your hosts, Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. Good morning. Welcome, Bruce. Good morning, Rachel. Uh, I'm really, I really want this theme of this podcast to be simplicity because I believe we as business owners, entrepreneurs, and then the people that are listening that are new time business owners and, and, and are want to be entrepreneurs think that business is some, you know, magical thing that you, it's very difficult. You've got to find the secret sauce. And the more I'm in business and the more I work with business owners, it's really the simple things done over and over that maximize the most uh, efficient things and thus it gets people what they really want and that's profit and it's a lifestyle they want and it's a building their business the way they want so the theme as we talk about these eight different things should be simplicity i love that and i think that gives us all hope in business as well so thank you so, and Bruce, you kind of touched on this already, but really, I think as business owners, we're in this to make money. We work hard. We want to enjoy life today. And we also want to know that our future is secure, meaning that all of our future financial needs are going to be taken care of cars and college and weddings for the kids, maybe vacations, thinking about what happens in the future. How am I going to have income? Some people call that retirement. We don't necessarily, but at the same time, how do you have all of these bases covered? And when people are trying to accomplish their financial um, perfection, they're trying to really be in a, a position where they feel amazing about their money today and in the future. The problem is that a lot of times we can fall into one of three self-defeating traps. And one is working harder. And that can just turn into this rat race of, I just try to produce more income and more revenue and more dollars. And what happens with that is it can be this almost this rat race where you're making more money, but then your lifestyle increases alongside of that. And you're still using up a bigger portion of a, or the same portion of a bigger pie. And that can just lead to this burnout and frustration and overwhelm. The second trap would be taking on more risk. And this is what a lot of the financial industry would tell you that you need to do. Take higher risk. That means you're going to get higher returns. But we've already talked about before, higher risk doesn't mean higher returns. It just means higher potential of loss. So that can unfortunately lead to losing money and ending up back at square one. And that's not where we want to be either. I would say the third trap then is that we try to cut back. And for anyone who's tried to do this and live on less and eat less food and, and consume less in general, what that can just lead to is a scarcity mindset that actually limits the good that you can do. And it can lead you to being miserable and hating life. So that's why we don't want to fall into any of those three traps. So today, we want to help you figure out how to maximize your profit. Why should we make profit maximization a priority? What are money leaks? What are the common ways that people have money leaking out of their control? 
How can I make strategic changes to maximize my profit in my business? And then how can these strategies flow over onto my personal side and impact me in my personal life as well? And what if I need help with my specific situation? So today's conversation will help you avoid those three self-defeating traps that will have you burned out, losing money, and hating life, and instead make the easiest, least painful moves to increase your financial efficiency by finding and fixing these money leaks so you can maximize your profit and keep more of the money you make. And yes, we're going to talk about this in a simple, easy to do way. So where does this fit? It's just one part of the cash flow system. It's part of the foundation to help you be more efficient and keep more of what you make. After that, then you're going to protect your money. And finally, you're going to get your money working for you, increasing and multiplying. So the thing that we know is that if you have more profit and more cash flow from the money you make today, you'll have more money to protect. You'll have more money to get working for you, and you'll be able to build time and money freedom more quickly. So Bruce, as we start, let's talk about what is a money leak? How would you define a money leak? Well, there's a couple ways to really think about this, but I really think money leaks are about money that is unintentionally leaving your your cash um, how would I say this but your cash uh, vault you know that you have a great word. Accum- accumulated and you don't really even know it's it's leaking um, mm-hmm. there are people that say that you do this you know unintentionally and without uh, conscious and we talked about the four ways of of, of getting to an um, unconscious, uh, behavior that is very competent. And the problem is, is that people have this, un, they're unconsciously incompetent about where their money's going. And that's uh, the first thing that we say is that, heck, you don't even know that the money's leaking out of your control. And mm-hmm. and that's, so that's the first thing you need to do is to, to be aware, or at least be consciously competent of where your money's going. Because if you can be consciously competent about where your money's going, then you're aware that you need to change that or need might be a strong word, but you might want to change it mm-hmm. because I, I do believe it's about what you want and not necessarily what you need to do. Cause too many people are told you need to do a certain thing. Oh, I agree. And I like how you brought in the unconsciously incompetent. And mm-hmm. this is something that if we don't know what we don't know, then it can lead to loss so I would say a money leak is where you lose money without even trying. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's because we're trying to put strategies in place that we actually think are going to benefit us that end up kind of backfiring and working backwards. And so when you have a money leak, it causes you to shrink the amount of money you're keeping or your profit is shrunk, your cash flow is shrunk, and you have money flowing out of your control. It's kind of like a leaky hose. If you have a lot of water coming into the pipeline of a hose and a lot of water spraying out through leaks along the way, you're just going to have a trickle at the end. And that is the visual really that comes to my mind when I think about a money leak. So we want to plug those leaks, cover up that leaky hose and get a lot of money coming out the other side, which means a lot of cash flow and a lot of profit based on the inputs that you have. So Um, a money leak, the way it would show up in your life that you would recognize that you have money leaks, because these are usually things that we don't know about, is that you're working hard, but you're not proportionally keeping a good portion of your income. And I would say 
if you're not keeping 20 to 30% of your income, you're probably, you probably have money leaks that you're not aware of. This would also show up as having little cold, hard cash in the vault at the end of the month, or your savings isn't growing, or month after month, you're feeling that you're not any closer to your financial goals, even though you're making a lot of money. So those might be things that you could self-identify and say, maybe the cause of this is money leaks. So Bruce, you actually already kind of touched on the first strategy to find and fix money leaks as well, which I would say is cash flow awareness. And so let's talk about what is cash flow awareness and how can we put this in place to plug that money leak? Yeah, you know, the first time I, I noticed this was, is uh, the first real like retail business, a car repair business or service business. It was a combination of retail and service because people would buy parts uh, there, but you'd also just service. And, you know, I, I did a really good job at the very beginning where I would keep track of all the expenses on a weekly basis, we had a computer program that did that. And then as you got, and I probably did that for the first year and it was really good. And then I decided I was going to ramp up marketing and I was going to uh, increase revenue to a million dollars from 600,000. And I was going to make all this extra money. And then I started doing things where I was so busy. I stopped tracking, um, Mm-hmm. stop tracking everything. And I thought, oh, I know what I have in my mind. It's, that's good. And then you start doing things um, where you don't monitor your spending because you think, oh, well, this is going to do, this is going to bring in tremendous amount of revenue and you don't even do any marketing research to see if it is going to. I bought a $50,000 machine that did custom, um, did custom uh, tailpipes and mufflers and things like that for my automobile because I thought, Oh, this is going to be great. Everybody's going to this. And I did no market research on it. And and um, mm-hmm. I was paying $700 a month for something that I wasn't even getting probably a couple hundred dollars of revenue, not even profit for it. So oh. I really had to think about and scale back on what I was doing there. And it wasn't until after the end of the first, <clears throat> the first year where I got with my accountant and we did and we finally did do all the paperwork that we realized that I just didn't track things very well. And uh, you have to do this mm-hmm. on a, cause maybe, a, maybe every week isn't a, isn't a good thing, but I, I definitely think every month is a necessity of tracking your expenses and having these regular meetings to monitor it with your, with your, your accountant or CPA. Mm-hmm. And in your personal life that can flow Absolutely. over and say, you have a regular meeting with your spouse or whoever you're making business or financial decisions with, so that you're paying attention. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that anything that we don't pay attention to is going to have a potential for loss. And so if you're just simply not aware, then money's escaping out of your control. And so you want to make sure that you're spending in a way that you're paying attention and that it's also congruent with your values, your mission, and what you're trying to accomplish. And if it's a business decision, then Mm -hmm. it's profitable. So the second way that a lot of people have money leaking out of their control is through taxes. And now when you add up all of the taxes you pay, you might think, well, I'm in a 24% tax bracket. But when you look at your federal taxes, your state taxes, your municipal taxes, your that could be your local area taxes, your property taxes that you pay on equipment and your vehicles, sales tax that you pay, restaurant tax, gas tax, when we add all of that up, it's a really significant portion of the money that we make that gets spent in taxes. So that can even end up towards the 40% range 
of our revenue going out the door in taxes. So if you have a business or if you have real estate ownership that is a business as well, you can be really proactive in paying the minimum tax starting this year and every year going forward. So we're going to give just a couple of ideas on ways that you have potential to shore up your taxes. And I do want to specify that if you're a W-2 employee, there's not as many options that you have with tax strategy, but a huge portion of the tax code is written for businesses, business owners, and people in real estate so that they can use and leverage the tax code in their favor. So here's a few things. One, we want to make sure that you have the right entity type. And there's not one size fits all here. It's not one entity type that always works, but make sure that you're in a position where you have talked with a tax strategist and you have the right entity type for you. Sometimes when you move over to an S Corp, you have more flexibility and options with different tax strategies. Bruce, is there anything else you want to add on the right entity type there? Yeah, I do. and I would I would get multiple opinions because I work with a bunch of different CPAs and they all have different opinions. And that is because the tax code is um, is a guide more than it's a, than it's an exact science. So get a um, multiple opinions because you you will get. I don't know what it is about CP. It's like CPAs, doctors, and priests. You know, a lot of people think they can never make any mistakes. And we, and we all know of CPAs and doctors and priests that have made many mistakes. So getting multiple opinions on this, I think is very, very important uh, when you're trying to figure out what entity or, or what, uh, or what uh, different tax code that you can take advantage of. And, and that brings up a point that, you know, I, I detest the word loophole. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the, the media uses the word loophole. Um, probably some people in cocktail parties or your friends say, well, that's a loophole. It's, it was actually put in it. The IRS tax code is a law. Okay. So there's, it's not a loophole. It's actually an incentive. Anytime there is a, something in, in the tax code that allows you to do something, it's because the government, now right or wrong, you can argue that part, but, um, it's right or wrong. It's incentive because they want something in our society to actually flourish. Right. Well, so the tax code for business owners, they give certain incentives because they would like small businesses to flourish. And why is that? Because majority of the people in the United States actually work for small business owners, not corporations. That, 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 is, a, that is a misconception that people have. They think oh, all these corporations uh, employ all these people. No, it's small businesses actually employ most of the people. So we should be taking care of the in, uh, advantage of all the incentives we can provided by the tax code. Absolutely. Which then just provides a better economy for everybody, increases our GDP when businesses are doing well. And so there is a, a an incentive for the government to then say there's tax advantages for small business ownership. So another thing that can be available to you is that as you are a business owner, not all of your profit needs to flow over as W-2 income to you. So again, depending on your entity type, you have the ability to have a portion of your profit come over as a profit distribution, or sometimes depending on the entity type, it might be called a dividend. And what happens is that if you then have income that comes over not as W-2 income, you're not paying self-employment tax on that portion. Self-employment tax right now, if you add up all of the different portions of it, it's about 15.3%. 
And so you are saving a significant portion of tax if you reduce your reasonable salary that's paid as a W-2 wage to yourself and have the rest of your earnings flow over as a distribution. The other thing that I want to mention is we want to make sure that you have the maximum deductions. Now, everything that has a business use can generally be considered a business deduction. Again, you're going to really want to work closely with a CPA on this, but many times people are missing deductions that they have on a regular basis, whether it's their home office, they might be deducting incorrectly, their vehicles, possibly they're um, deducting incorrectly. And there's many things that could be considered a business use that you can deduct as a business expense, which then reduces your taxable income in the business, reduces your tax, and has less money flowing out of your control. Yeah, and there's all kinds of, the new one is a 28% flow through deduction that they're allowing uh, in the tax code. And um, we won't go into too much of this, but because there's, frankly, this is another part of the gray area. There's still debate on which industries are going to be allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in- interesting. They they were saying that service industries would not be able to, but then all of a sudden engineers can do this. And I don't know what, what they provide other than the service. There's corporate rent where you can actually rent out part of your home um, and you can actually recapture that as a deduction, but then don't have to take it as a as income. So it's a very nice thing. You can you can actually host meetings at your house, and the IRS says, "Well, there's no difference in doing that than actually renting a place somewhere else to do this." Mm-hmm. And then and then finally is a 1031 exchange, and uh, 1031 exchange is a way to actually uh, postpone um, capital gains tax, where you have a particular you have a particular um, real, uh, real estate building that you would uh, sell, and then you have uh, there's some real, real important rules then that you need to follow to purchase another one, and then you don't have to pay the capital gains on the on the uh, the building, and then you can actually get a step up in basis uh, for the next generation. And then finally, the one is cost segregation. Mm-hmm. Cost segregation is one that is is I don't understand it with with C, certain CPAs. They they say, "Oh no, that's too risky," and I and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. It's actually in the tax code since 1999. It's been vetted by the IRS. It's actually gone to court, and even after it's gone to court, um, the IRS said yes, you can do it. And yet, there's CPAs out there that tell, are telling business owners, "Oh no, don't do it. It's too risky." And what that basically is doing is you can depreciate part of your building faster than the rest of the building. Um, and basically, if you think about it, what they're saying is the, the main structure of the building, the floors, the walls, the roof, not the, not the, uh, the structural part of the roof, not the, the covering of the roof, all of that has a, a long life. But things inside the building, whether it's the electrical system, whether it's the doors, certain things, you can actually, the HVAC, you can segregate those out and actually put them on a smaller depreciation or faster depreciation schedule and thus getting a, a greater reduction in a shorter period of time, thus increasing mm-hmm. cash flow now instead of waiting to increase cash flow later. I'm amazed. One of the mm-hmm. biggest arguments that CPAs say all the time, but they'll say, but but 10 years from now, you're not going to have any deductions left. And you I'm probably like, have replaced that item though. <laughs> right. Well, not only that, but it's like, well, in 10 years, money is not going to be worth as much as it's going to be worth today either. That's and what true. can I do with that increased cash flow to actually build my business even greater uh, now so that I don't have to wait for 10 years. I mean, it's, 
some of the things I hear coming out of uh, CPAs uh, and and frankly, you know, accountants' uh, mouths, I'm just like, do, do you ever think about the overall strategy of building a business? Or are you just trying to maximize um, deductions for the entire lifetime? So, um, right, it's all about it's all about uh, pay me now rather than pay me later, in my opinion. And that goes back into the same idea of why do we want to maximize our profit today? Because the more dollars you have today, the more money you have to put to work that you can increase cash flow with. If you had $50,000 of cash flow this year versus 20000 that's more money that you can put to work, whether putting back into your business or buying real estate or buying another business. There's just so many ways that you can turn that into cash flow. Yeah, it's, it's, so, this, is, this is not a strategy, but it's, it's the same reason that a lottery winner would always take the the cash value of a lottery rather than paying it out over 30 years. And then you would, you would find every accountant would say, Oh yeah, you need to do that. But yet they, they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to take the deductions now because cash is flowing now and worth more now. I, I, I don't, right. but we can, we can move on because uh, we can. Talk yeah. about this the only thing I was going to say is that I think the difference would be that if you know what to do with the cash and where to put it, that you're going to earn a great return and earn cash flow, then you want as much cash as possible today. Mm-hmm. So another strategy to find and fix money leaks is looking at debt. And again, this is something we've covered really extensively in previous episodes, but we're just going to graze over a few things here. One is that debt is not what most people think it is. Having a liability, which is a payment that you owe to someone else, is what a lot of times people want to get rid of. They want to pay off what they call debt and get out of a position of owing payments to other people. But really what happens is a liability is simply just extending the payment period of some current expense. You buy something today and you're going to pay for it continually going forward in the future. What that does is it allows you to conserve your capital today And in trade, so the trade-off is that you're going to be paying for consistent consecutive payments in the future. But now when you get to that future, those principal and interest payments can eat up your revenue. And so that shrinks your profit because it's an expense. So the biggest problem really is our mindset about liabilities and loans. So what we really need to think about is decisions, any decision. I mean, this could be a marriage decision. This could be a parenting decision. This could be a lifestyle eating an exercise decision, anything you do that's motivated by guilt is never going to produce good results. So if we are looking at what we are considering debt and feeling guilty and negative about that, we're going to make decisions that are not in our best favor. So really, we want to maximize our control and think about this in a positive way. So the first thing is we want the longest repayment period possible. And really, this can go for any type of loan. I heard the other day of a 40-year mortgage, and I thought, oh my goodness, I want that. Now, I'm not, it's not available to me. Right. But at the same time, a 40-year mortgage allows me to pay shorter, smaller payments for a longer period of time. That increases my cash flow today, which if I have more cash flow today, I can put more money to work today. So a longer repayment period. We also want to have as many of our loans to be deductible or secured as possible. So if your loans are deductible, that means given the tax circumstance, if you're itemizing deductions and your mortgage is within the boundaries that are set forth with the new tax law, that you can deduct interest on a mortgage. That is something that you're then going to get a tax deduction for, which means that's increasing your cash flow. Also, secured loans are usually going to have lower interest, which means the payment is lower rather than unsecured loans. Unsecured loans are more risky. They're going to have higher interest rates, meaning you're going to have higher payments. 
So thinking about, I want lower payments and a longer payback period is going to lead you to making the best decisions to increase your cash flow when it comes to liabilities. So Rachel, in our, in our theme of keeping things simple, as we talk about this, I think uh, we should go back to Nelson Nash and, and what he always says, you, you're always you're always paying interest. You're either giving up interest or you're paying interest. And I know because a lot of listeners are probably sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, though, I don't want to pay all that interest. Well, you're, you're actually paying the interest uh, or you're giving up interest. So either way, you're doing it. Um, one of the ways that we uh, monitor this is by doing something uh, called the cash flow index. And it's a way that um, you can actually determine how much you're actually paying per 1,000 of a loan. And it's a, it's a simple formula um, that we can um, control by just putting it in, by taking the amount of the 1,000, dividing it by the payment, and then we come up with a, a percentage and we can just say, hey, we, <clears throat> we want to have that percentage to be the lowest as possible. And, and we actually will then leave that one alone. And if we are paying back loans, we will pay the greater a percentage along the way. So it's just a very simple way to, to determine which way you want to start paying your interest back uh, or your loan back, excuse me. So yeah, that's going to help you make decisions to increase your cash flow as quickly as possible by paying off the loans first that maximize your cash flow, as opposed to focusing on interest or focusing on any other portion of the loan payback period. Some people do that wrong and end up not really increasing their cash flow, but doing something else. Yeah, I would argue they decrease their cash flow. Right, right. Now, another thing is that we really want to, when it comes to our entire financial picture, prioritize and emphasize building assets in your control over what most people would call debt freedom. So if you think about assets and liabilities, you want to build assets and have that be a greater priority than reducing or shrinking liabilities. Now, what this does is that gives you the ability to have collateral. It also gives you reserves that allow you then to always be able to make your payments on time, even in a tight month where maybe you have higher expenses than usual or lower income than usual. Now you have a pool of capital, an emergency fund to go back to to make those fixed payments, which then makes your payments consistent and regular. And you're in a position now where that's not going to drop your credit score because having a high credit score is also going to reduce your interest and keep more dollars in your pocket each month with lower payments. So let's move on to number four. The fourth strategy to find and fix money leaks has to do with your savings and investments. And now really, here's how to think about savings and investments in terms of money leaks. Your savings and investments should be moving you closer to time and money freedom. If they're not they're really a money leak. They're draining your energy and draining your efforts. So the first thing I would say here is save and invest where you have knowledge and control. So that means not putting your money in places where it's out of your control, that you can't access it, or that it can drop in value, or that it's not something that you really have a knowledge of. A lot of people just say, well, I'm investing my money and I'm trusting somebody else. They're going to manage it for me. And it's not something that they have a conscious knowledge of which means you're not really in control because you don't have the ability to pull out and have an exit strategy whenever something turns sideways. And you also don't have the ability to make it increase in value. So you really want to have that knowledge and control. 
What we're talking about is business owners, because if they don't have knowledge and control and they're, and they're getting outside their comfort level, then what they, then they're actually uh, pulling a, out their energy from their current business and endeavor and putting it somewhere else. Uh, the, the guests that we have had on, um, whether it's in real estate or whether it's in uh, coaching or, or any other service industry, this is, this is a common theme that they say over and over and over. Oh, I do this because I know this and I can make a decision on this very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you can't venture into um, something else, but you, get, you, you better have very good reasons for that and decide that whether you have checks and balances in place to do that. Um, Absolutely. And we, we really need to look at this money as – uh, accessible. I mean, I, because you want things in your area of expertise, when something comes about, you want that money to be accessible mm-hmm. so you can jump on it. I remember uh, Jefferson Lilly was talking about, you know, he can make a decision on a, a trailer park and he, he just needs to have money available to actually make an offer and get it done very, very quickly. You know, the old saying is strike wire, the iron is hot. So oftentimes when you're able to do that too, you can um, negotiate a better price for that particular endeavor and you don't have to go through a lot of due diligence because you understand what needs to take place in, a, in that particular thing because you understand your energy. Absolutely. So um, having money that's accessible is a tremendous value. Having an asset that's not going to lose value is another tremendous value to you. And then having something that's growing whether it's, there's multiple elements of growth. One is having consistent growth. One is having a compound growth. One is having no loss. And another is having a competitive rate of growth as you're having that consistent uh, compound growth. So those are some things to think about as you're thinking about, is my savings and investing strategy a money leak or is it increasing the amount of money in my control? Another piece of that is turning cash into cash flow. So sometimes we have lazy assets or money that's sitting that we really could be putting to work to earn cash flow. So that's taking capital and putting it to work in cash flowing assets. And that's one way to increase your cash flow with the money that you already have. Let's turn now to number five, protections. So this is another strategy where you can find and fix money leaks. So without protection, of insurance and estate planning and legal entity structure surrounding your business and the right legal framework, you have this subconscious worry that all of your efforts could actually be wasted or stolen or taken away from you or lost. And so when we put protection in place, though, we want to make sure that we're not overpaying for that protection. We're paying what is reasonable and we're getting as much protection as possible. So here's a few ways that you can do that. And we've, again, covered this on previous episodes as well. But One is having a bundling discount. I know that when you bundle multiple protections together under the same roof or the same company, you often will get a discount with multiple lines of insurance. Having Just ensuring that you have the protection in the first place is a huge way to make sure you're not having a money leak. Now, if you have savings in place, this can allow you then to make changes with maybe say on your disability coverage, you could extend your elimination period. And because of doing that, the cost of your disability insurance goes down. Or have greater uh, deductibles amounts. Yes. Another way to do it. But you have to have the savings in place to be able to do that. 
Absolutely. I would also say, um, and Bruce, you can talk about this if you'd like, but sometimes switching from a product that is only single use to something that's more versatile and can be used in multiple range of situations is really valuable because then it gives you more ways to use the same coverage. And that means you're spending less because you're not putting all of your eggs in the basket of, well, what if this one situation happens? One example that comes to mind is long-term care insurance. Bruce, you want to talk about that? Yeah, long-term care. I think long-term care is the is the is the epitome of this example because many uh, insurance companies have gone out of business um, or no longer write long-term care. I shouldn't say they've gone out of business. They've no longer write long-term care policies because they did not anticipate Americans living longer. They did not anticipate the healthcare costs growing so exponentially as they have, and so. As Americans, which is great, we are entrepreneurial in nature. So many insurance companies have now figured out a way to actually bundle this with either life insurance policy or a cash flowing annuity so that you can um, get some coverage at a reasonable, um, a reasonable cost that's wrapped into another product. So you get one dollar doing multiple things for you. Which I love. Um, but that, that's the, yeah, and this is the, that's the greatest example. The long-term care is definitely the, the greatest example. Absolutely. And one other thing that I'll bring up with protections is sometimes we can desire to have a, a large amount of liability coverage. And I'll see people putting a lot of liability on their auto or their homeowner's insurance, which is good. But here's something to think about. If you have an umbrella policy that covers all of your liability, per dollar of coverage, that cost of coverage is much lower. So it's more advantageous instead of trying to say, well, how can I get 500,000 of liability coverage on my auto policy? How can I maybe reduce that liability coverage on the auto policy to what's required in order to get the umbrella coverage and then put one or 2 million easy of umbrella coverage over the top of all of your other liabilities. And that can be done in your personal life and your business. And so liability coverage with an umbrella policy is extremely beneficial And I think everyone should have one in place. So let's move on to number six. The sixth way to find and fix money leaks is really by looking at efficiency. And this is about making equivalent efforts go further to increase your output without actually increasing your input in business. And we could talk about this for 500 hours, but we're not going to on today's podcast. Um, Just one thing that I think of here is that make your efforts go as far as possible. One is finding a way to serve more people with the same efforts. We know that everything comes back to value creation. How am I creating value for either more value for one person or the same amount of value for more people? And that's how we increase the capacity that we have to serve and the inflow of dollars into our pocket. So maybe you could take individual training and turn that into group coaching or a class or a Uh, an online course that could be leveraged and used over and over multiple times. And so sometimes it's just thinking about what are you already doing and creating in your business as assets that could then be used multiple times over and over. And then I would also say having routines or systems and processes in your business that can be replicated instead of having to recreate each time. I mean, one simple example is having email templates. If you have a certain type of email that's going out on a regular basis, have something that you can systematize that you can copy and paste and tweak or change for a next use, but then you're using less input and mental energy to recreate the wheel each time. Or have a a time management system that says every Wednesday morning, you're going to do a podcast. Exactly. Uh, 
we, we've stuck with this for well over a year. And uh, it's, it's just an example of a routine to do that. And I think another part of that is time blocking. So for me, when I realized that I might have 10 tasks to do, if I focus on one task today, maybe I can record multiple episodes, or I can prepare multiple podcasts, or I can write multiple blogs or do multiple videos all at once, then I'm chunking like activities together and actually getting more bang for the buck because I'm not having to reset up for each of those separately. So just a few ways to think about efficiency. And again, we could talk about that for 100 years. So I would say number seven is having an abundance perspective. So I think the biggest money leak that most people have that I see regularly is actually the money that we never created in the first place because of our mindset. And so again, this is a huge topic, but I just want to boil it down real quickly here. Number one, we want to stay focused on that value creation, not on what's competition and scarcity and lack. Really, this boils down to having self-awareness to figure out what it is that you do best, that you serve the world with, that you love doing, that brings in income that other people love you doing, you can get paid for. And self-awareness is really key and central to that. Also, another way to do this is to cut activities that are energy draining. So the things that are not in your core competency or not your unique ability, clients that you don't love working with or tasks outside of your unique ability that somebody else would love to do, that you could pay them $10 an hour instead of using your $200 an hour self to be able to produce in that business. And so just really thinking about how to stay in that abundance perspective and work in a teamwork environment. This is probably a really important thing. I just was working with a 28-year-old person in the music industry yesterday, and um, he was just like, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm writing music. I'm, I'm promoting other um, singers. I'm doing, I'm doing my normal gigs. I'm actually writing church music. And he's going on, and there's like eight different things. And we added the ninth one, which was sleeping, because he wasn't sleeping. <laughs> and um, I, said, I said, Timothy, what it really comes down to is, which one of these activities do you feel like after you do it, you actually have more energy than less energy? Mm-hmm. And That's those good. are the ones you should start focusing on. And he really got it. He really, he really got it. And so he said he was going to start making some changes. Now, whether he does or not, will, you know, only time will tell. But I think that that's what you have to ask yourself. Absolutely. And I actually did some research on this yesterday. I have heard it so many times because I think a lot of people talk about this ELF, easy, lucrative, fun activities. And I tracked it to the source and I believe that it's Joe Polish. Makes sense. Uh, and, and so um, this is really focusing on what is the next activity that I can do that's the easiest thing that's, again, not having to recreate the wheel, that's going to actually produce income, which is lucrative, and something that's fun that you enjoy doing. That's kind of packing all of those pieces together. It's good for you. It's simple to do. And it's going to produce income. Those are going to be the tasks that are the best things to focus on. Whereas if it's not easy, lucrative, and fun, it's going to end up being a money leak and draining that energy and draining what you could most productively be producing in your business. Another way to do this is to elevate the value that you provide. And that is not by cutting down. There's really no value in being the lowest priced person in your market. There is a value though in being the highest priced person by adding more value. And so adding on 
bonuses or an experience or some way to increase the value of what you provide and truly build quality relationships with your clients, you're going to be then in a position where that is going to be more lucrative, more fun for you, and more productive and profitable. So Bruce, as we bring this to a close, the last way that we can find and fix money leaks, really, I'm going to let you um, share this one. Okay. Um, What we're really talking here is that, you know, when people think about businesses or becoming an entrepreneur, we have this mantra that it's very difficult to do. It's very, very hard. And all you don't plan. I've heard to say and said all over and over. Oh, don't plan on being turning a profit for five years. And that mentality is because you actually get um, this this uh, idea that in order for something to be um, worthwhile, it has to be hard. And that's not what you get paid for. You get paid not you don't get paid for how hard you work. You get paid for how much value you bring to people. Yeah. So w- with that in mind, then you should set your business up so that you're prioritizing profit first. So you you plan from day one to take profit and pay yourself first, and then spend the rest. When you do that, when you do that, you get into a habit of oh, by the way, the uh, the previous seven things. You get into that habit of watching. Uh, every one of the things we said before, you know, you're you're mm-hmm. going to track expenses. You're going to look at your debts. You're going to look at your taxes. You're going to look at your savings, your protection, your efficiency, your abundance perspective. You're going to do all that from the very beginning, and you're Absolutely. only going to add services. You're going to only add additional expenses. Not like my uh, muffler uh, thing where I didn't even think about it. I just added it, uh, not looking at it whether it's going to turn a profit. You're going to do that right away. And, and you're going to actually build a business that ha- is profit focused, not revenue focused. And too many people build businesses that are revenue focused. Um, I, I don't know if I, I said this at one of our, my business networking meetings the other day. I was working with a lady who had a, a, a buoyant um, business where you actually do self, uh, what do you call it, deprivation of, and you float on, in uh, salt water. Mm-hmm. And the pods were the most expensive thing. Well, she went out and got an SBA loan for $500,000 and she bought, I think it was five pods for $30,000 a piece, which were 150,000 of it. But then she spent $350,000 actually making the greatest lobby in the world. Well, you got to think about this is that they're scheduled meetings. So people come in, they check in and then they go to their pods. That's what they want to do. They don't want to sit in a lobby, even if it's the greatest lobby in the world. So she spent $350,000 actually doing this lobby and it looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't produce Mm -hmm. any revenue. And so that was an example of people that are not prioritizing profit first. She should have been doing bare bones lobby. And then once she got additional money coming in, she could then gradually upgrade the experience in the, in the lobby. So I just like to Mm -hmm. end on that particular example of why you need to prioritize profit first. That's absolutely fascinating and perfect. And I would say one way to do this is to set up the profit first accounting system. You can refer back to the Mike McCallowitz interview that we did and the Profit First um, 
system in your life. And we also, I will say our tax strategist on our team, if you do work with us, is also a profit first professional that is experienced in helping clients set up that profit first system, which is an accounting system of which accounts you use and how you make sure that profit's a priority on paper, not just in your mind. So as we bring this to a close, then what we want to do is instead of working harder to make profit, which leads to burnout, instead of taking on more risk to increase our income and possibly losing money, and instead of cutting back and being miserable and hating life, instead we want to use these eight profit maximization keys to really find that easiest and least painful moves to increase your financial efficiency. And efficiency is just keeping more of what you make, increasing your profit and cash flow. And that means that you have, you're keeping more of the money you make, you're able to then accelerate time and money freedom. So we want to add more value to your life and make this even more practical so you can get results, not just information. The podcast information is valuable, but we want to make sure that you can actionize this in your life too. So that's why we've created the Business Owner's Ultimate Money Finder Cheat Sheet, and we outline the best of these strategies for you. You can get that at themoneyadvantage.com slash moneyfinder, and we'll make sure that we have the link to that in the show notes. So along with that cheat sheet, you'll also get a case study showing how one business owner used these three strategies to find and fix money leaks, and they were able to increase their cash flow by $97,000 per year. And that was keeping more of the money that they were already making. So they did that without working any harder, without taking on more risk, and without cutting back. So again, that is at themoneyadvantage.com slash moneyfinder. And along with that, we'll throw in our three-step roadmap to building time and money freedom so you can see where that fits in the bigger picture. And then if you'd like help determining your specific steps to the profit maximization strategy for you, you'll have the opportunity to book a call so you can find out how to start keeping more of the money that you are already making. You'll have more to save and invest on your path to time and money freedom. You'll find out also that one next thing that you need to do based on your unique situation to accelerate time and money freedom. So, and if you do decide to work with our team, you'll have access to our tax strategist, the profit first professional trained in implementing the profit first accounting system, which prioritizes and maximizes profit. So again, go to themoneyadvantage.com slash money finder to get started. And in closing, remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Do you have an established business and make great income, but feel like you can never get ahead or just plain have financial confusion? Get the business owner's three-step roadmap to achieve time and financial freedom without working harder or sacrificing your lifestyle. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash roadmap to get your roadmap and free training. And when you register, you'll also get access to our ultimate money finder cheat sheet that you can use to recover lost cash flow and save on taxes. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on the moneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated, 
nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated, and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.